0: Hey, all you bald and balding people, Kristen and Paige here.
1: If you could please pause this episode right now before you listen and go to the top of our profile wherever you're listening to our show, please do. Ratings help people find our podcast easier. We want to be able to continue to grow, but there's only so much our hosts can do. So please go leave us a rating if you're an avid listener. Thank you.
2: Those bald chicks are here to slay. Stop. Chicks will make your day, so stop what you're doing and say,
1: those bald chicks. Hello all you bald and balding people and welcome back to Those Bald Chicks, your favorite alopecia podcast. We're kicking off this January with our second guest series. We loved it last time and we're excited to do it again. As you know, I'm Paige and I'm here with Kristen and our first guest, we're so bad at names, you're going to have to help me with your last <laughs> one, Jess Passion.
2: Passion, yeah, you got it. Passion, all right, Nicely cool. Nicely done.
1: <laughs> you also might know her as Half Bald Fully Free on Instagram. She just started that a couple months ago right? Yeah. A couple months ago and she's been posting awesome content. So she was actually diagnosed with alopecia areata when she was a little girl and has been passionate about spreading awareness specifically representing the half-bald community which is very much needed. So welcome Jess and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I know. Thank you. So exciting. Do you want to just kind of take us through your alopecia journey and how you got diagnosed, how old you were and And we'll start throwing questions at you. Awesome.
2: So I was, the timeline's a little bit debated between my mom, my dad. Well, I don't remember it, but I was between like, two and a half or four. So very young. Yes. And I already had been diagnosed with a severe allergy to peanuts. And so my parents were aware of that and very careful. But I was at a babysitter's house and they had given me and the girl who I was with, like it was a family friend. So they had a daughter too. They had given us Halloween candy and just kind of like, here's the bucket, pick what you want. And I guess the mother of the family knew and the dad did not. And he was the one who was just like, here you go. And so I ended up eating four mini peanut butter cups, Reese cups. Oh no. Yes. And I had a full blown anaphylactic reaction. The way my parents describe it is that I'm lucky to be alive. So it was definitely Quite an event for them more so than for me at the age I was at. I remember a little bit of that night, like a few, like almost like flashes. It's like when you have childhood memories, you're like, am I remembering this because I've seen a picture of it? Right. Or am I really remembering it? So I don't have any pictures of that night, but definitely have a couple flashes like that. And then emergency room saved my life. So since I've had allergic reactions as an adult, once you're de-escalated, it's like, okay, have a good day. It, yeah. You're fine. It's like, okay, you're safe. There's not like a long recovery period. So right. I would have gone home that night or middle of the night. And then my mom says that she wanted to take me to Walmart to get a Barbie or something just to be like, hey, you've you had a tough 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's get you something. And she says that we were in the toy aisle and she looked down and I had like a pea-sized bald spot on the top of my head and she was like what is that you know she she knew nothing this would have been in probably 99 or 2000 again the timeline's a little debated but no internet to learn about any of these things so she took me to the doctor soon after about it and the doctor thought that it was ringworm and you're
1: actually the second person that has talked about ringworm so that's so crazy seriously yeah i can't remember who it was but i was like
2: whoa what like is that a thing with ringworm i don't know i know that ringworm is like a raised bump usually i don't know if you lose hair so they you know gave my mom something Topical for the supposed ringworm sent us on our merry way. And it wasn't until I think she said it was like a month or two later, and the spot had just kind of stayed and it was just there. And she was like putting this, I don't know, antibiotic. And she took me to the ear, nose, and throat doctor, and he happened to know what alopecia was. Oh, and he was like looking at my ears. I know he was looking at my ears and was like, Hey, have you had a dermatologist look at this spot on her head? My mom said he couldn't have been nicer about it. Like he was very, very nice about it. And my mom said, yeah, it's ringworm. And he said, no, it's not. It's called, <laughs> alope- it's called alopecia areata. Oh, wow. And I think you guys should get into a dermatologist to learn more about it. And so that was how I was initially diagnosed. That's kind of a- interesting. I don't that think is- I've ever yeah.
1: heard someone having an allergic reaction and getting alopecia. How crazy is that?
0: I, you know what I also find crazy is like you know everybody's like, yeah, go to the dermatologist, go to the dermatologist, and it's like what? So they can break us like the bad news to us. Like I know. Those poor dermatologists, I gotta say, like having to say you're gonna lose your hair. Have a nice right. day. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: <laughs> Nobody else yes. wants to say that.
2: <laughs> I, I know, right? If the pediatrician was like, "It's ringworm," I'm sure the pediatrician had no idea, right? Right. And yeah. then the poor ear nose and throat doctor is like, uh, I hate to point out something. Like he's like, I'm not a hair doctor, but <laughs> right. I I mean that's like the most random
1: <laughs> doctor to point that out, I swear. Because a dermatologist is skin and like with ringworm that kinda makes sense because I guess he was more focused on skin and everything. And with alopecia, mm-hmm. I feel like dermatologists aren't focused on hair. They're more focused mm-hmm. on skin, so like eczema mm-hmm. and
0: stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. people with alopecia have a lot of skin stuff too
1: yeah it's really
0: interesting that you say the peanut allergy thing though because i'm also allergic to peanuts
2: are you and i've had
0: two mine are not anaphylactic so it's just really interesting that the peanut allergy thing it's crazy what we learn
1: you start thinking like that like okay well how many alopecians have, have. allergies or allergy. peanut allergies right exactly because yeah it all kind of ties together we've learned so much where i can't remember who it was but she said that her daughter had a stork bite on the back of her head and i'm like you are like the 15th to 20th person mean? like the stork bite birthmark on the back like oh, at the end of your neck i've never heard that term okay a ton of alopecians have that birthmark a ton oh.
2: Like That's if weird. You, yeah, if you
1: look at not all of them, but a lot of them have it right at the nape of their neck, and I'm like, this is okay. so bizarre. What does that mean?
2: <laughs> I don't have one of those. Do you okay, guys? I do. I don't really. Okay.
1: I do, and I thought I that was so that. bizarre when she said that, and then more people started saying that, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs>
2: wow like, are we
1: so are we all connected like are we all family <laughs> give us five right. years
0: we're gonna know exactly what causes allergies. absolutely right <laughs> oh i hope
2: so <laughs> um,
1: that would be something else that that would be interesting to all they of find our out what causes it <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and I I know that there's a lot of times where trauma can trigger it or like pregnancy, you know, those bodily Mm -hmm. changes, but there is, yeah, there's no research about allergies and alopecia. I actually, my junior or senior year, I was in an anatomy and physiology class and we got to do a medical science paper is what they called it. And we got to kind of pick a pathology and Learn all we could about it and write up basically this big hefty paper that was probably way too complex for a bunch of (laughs) 17 year olds to be required to write. But I decided to do alopecia and kind of on that journey because I wanted to tell my own story with it. I started to also research allergies and what's happening at a physiological level. And I learned that at least with alopecia areata, what cells are involved, the immune cells that are involved are the same immune cells that are involved in an allergic reaction. So it's the same that attacking of a healthy cell with an allergic reaction, it's attacking a foreign body. Right. Same within alopecia areata, I learned that whatever cell it is, I, I can't, I don't know, I should have done my research before getting on here. <laughs> whatever cell, whatever immune cell it is, is the same one that gets revved up during allergic reaction. And so I'm convinced, I mean, obviously, you could say it's a coincidence that I woke up the next day with a bald spot for the first time. Yeah. But I'm convinced it's 100% correlated and even as I've, you know, my hair loss has ebbed and flowed my whole life. And I can even see where I've had like major allergic reactions that sent me to the emergency room. And then within that year, things get worse with my hair loss. Crazy. And yeah, it's very connected. And I told an allergist, I said, yeah, I believe it's connected to my alopecia areata. And he said, they're not connected. They're completely different body systems. I said, right. it's the same body. Like, it's not like it's me and my brother, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) exactly. Like this is
0: happening within me. Like, why is there not a doctor that's like putting that all together? You know, like my asthma, my allergies, my hair loss, like where's that doctor? And I've begged my family physician for this. I've begged dermatologists for this. And even just recently, literally six months ago, I was in there. Mm -hmm. I was just like, could you please help me out here to understand why this has happened? Right. Yeah, yes. like I'm not looking for a cure. I'm not looking for your shots in the head. I want to know why.
2: Right, right. Yeah, 100%. It's like when you have an answer, it, it helps the coping more yeah. or it even helps the conversations better. Like yes. Exactly. Because people are like, well, why? I don't yep. know. <laughs> I don't know that either. I'm the same thing. Right, You're right. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. So it's, kind of, it's <laughs> kind of convenient to have this like benchmark date of yeah. when it occurred at least it it gives me some sense of, I don't want to say peace, but understanding. It gives me less peace because then it makes me even more afraid of my allergy, to be honest. Like most recently, I was in the emergency room probably four months ago. And I was just like, you know, I'm just getting new regrowth. I don't want to lose my hair again. I don't want it to get bad again. So I definitely correlated the two together. But you know, it does help me anticipate things a little bit better.
0: 100%. And
2: that's
1: understandable.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: That is completely
0: understandable. All right. We're going to kick you into some questions now. All right. What was the hardest hurdle for you to jump when it came to your hair loss?
2: Going to school was the hardest thing. Being around peers who didn't understand, didn't look like me, and, you know, being the era that this was all happening, not having connectivity through the internet. My parents didn't have connectivity. I mean, I talked with my mom very recently about what it was like for her and for my dad. And and my parents were together at the time and still are together now. So they did it as partners until I was in therapy recently talking about it with my therapist. I had never questioned what it was like for them because you know as a little girl all my memories are from little Jess you know I'm not observant of how my parents are reacting so for them they didn't know what to do either and people were just throwing ideas at them all of which had to do with covering my head all of them yeah Have you tried a wig? Have you tried a, there's like a hat fall that we still have in storage somewhere that like doesn't look like me at all. Didn't look like my hair at all. And just all these things. I settled on wearing bandanas. I wore bandanas every single day to school.
1: Yeah. Me too. Yeah, Chris is. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That was like the easiest thing. There were so many options. We'd go to Hobby Lobby or Joanne Fabrics and get new bandanas every school year with back to school shopping. It was part of it, you know.
0: Cute. Did you always wear them the same way? Because I always tied it in the back and then tucked this little thing.
2: Tuck the tail. Uh huh. And I just (laughs) found
0: one a year ago, and where it was tied was just so permanently like gross. I was like, oh my god. Yes.
2: Yes, that is 100% what I did. And, you know, it made things feel easier in the moment. But yeah, going to school was just so freaking hard. I wanted so badly to look like my peers. I remember I always like gravitated to the blonde girls in my class. As a child, I was a natural blonde. And like my very best friend in elementary school had the longest, most beautiful Rapunzel style blonde hair
0: Oh, the hair jealousy is real.
2: So much so. I mean, so much so. And so we just didn't have a way to talk about it. I was in Mm -hmm. therapy at a very young age, but still it was just like nobody in my life really knew how to talk about it other than I think that I was uncomfortable with it naturally. And I think that so much was projected on my parents to be uncomfortable with it. Because that was the hardest thing to hear my mom say was, well, people thought you were sick. We walked around and we'd be at the store and people would say they were praying for you or they'd look at you like you were going through chemotherapy. And sometimes I just wanted to say to them, like, she's fine.
1: (laughs) Right. And that's a lot on parents.
2: Yeah. Like as
1: kids, kids, probably don't even pay attention to that kind of stuff. Right. And if they do, they forget about it two seconds later. But for yeah. parents, that's like, like, oh my gosh, can we just go out without people just always saying something, always making it a, a spectacle almost. Right. So, yeah, that would be a lot.
2: Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's why covering it became the thing. Yeah, I don't think that my parents were necessarily ashamed. I think it was just like, that's what everybody was suggesting. So that's what we did. And I think that made going to school harder because I had this deep, dark secret at such a young age. Third and fourth grade was when it was the worst, when I had the the least amount of hair. And I think that's also such a transitional time in terms of learning how to have long term friendships. Like you're not just playing with a buddy, you're like actually building friendships and getting ready for middle school where you'll then have sleepovers and stuff like that and I just I hid it from my friends I just I thought, thought I was like totally getting away with murder and I thought like people just assumed I had hair under my bandana yeah. that was just a fashion like, choice yeah 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 <laughs> looking back I'm like I wasn't fooling anyone Yep. but I did um, the same thing with
1: beanies I was like people yeah. just think I have an extensive hat collection and then I was like People were always trying to say something about it, like, oh, wow, you have so many hats. Or uh, one time when I was at a family party, one of my aunts tried to take it off my head, and I was yep. like,
0: okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Don't touch my head. Don't this touch, yeah. personal space. Please. please, right? yeah. space.
2: Do like, you want me to take your ponytail that. out of your hair? It, exactly. exactly. Right. Like I
1: can't imagine ever doing that to someone, so it's so crazy when yeah. people when people do it like or people touch your hair.
0: Yeah.
2: Or what like, about taking your glasses off? Like to me, I'm like trying to think of an equivalent. Yeah. And I just when yeah. came up and you took just, your glasses <laughs> yeah. off, or took your earrings out, and they're yeah. like, "Let me see." That's what it feels like. And I had yeah, I had mine so... as a kid. I had my bandana ripped off two different times that really stand out one was a grown man oh. and he was so dumb it was at like family friend party and there was a pinata and he's like we need a blindfold <gasps> and he took it off of my head and I ran I ran and hid that that was like oh, all I knew to do my god and so I mean sounds familiar <laughs> yeah I know people are to me again. It's like, okay, do you want me to run up to your son and take the glasses off his face and be like, "Oh, I can't see. I need some of these glasses." Right. Yeah, exactly
0: right. Like this is right. oh, people are insane.
2: I feel like sometimes
1: people want the full attention of the room, or they want mm. something like that, and and they'll go, "Oh, we'll use this person." As like the person to put on display to embarrass right. and I, oh, ha, ha, I'm the funny guy or funny, funny person. And it's you're just sitting there like, no, you just look like an ass. Yes. Yeah. Like, right. Wow. Right. That's crazy. That's you look crazy. like a grown
2: ass man who just embarrassed an eight year old.
0: Yeah. Mind blowing. <laughs> like yeah. mind blowing. What? Right. Which what? also stems to like the selfishness of people. Like yeah. they don't think of anybody but themselves in any moment and you're just like this
2: is
0: insane yeah yeah I did have it
2: happen with a classmate at school too which that was another thing that it's just like that fear of going to school was just so so hard such a big
0: part that you remember absolutely
2: yeah
1: that makes sense as as why you do yeah
2: Mm -hmm,
0: exactly so what made you start advocating and spreading awareness about alopecia
2: That's a good question. I was so secretive about it growing up. And then from like ages 13 to 17, I didn't lose any hair. And I had my full head of hair back. Beautiful, it was healthy. I did everything I wanted with it. I colored it and styled it, all the beautiful stuff. I got to donate it eventually. Mm -hmm. And that was when I started to feel like I could talk about alopecia was when I didn't have it anymore. you know it's when you're in those conversations, like in college, people are asking you about your life, you get deep with a a roommate or something, you know, that's when I would open up about it.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't when
2: I was like, actively balding at all. And then my hair started to fall out again, around 18 or 19. And I just said, like, I think, well, let me backtrack. Actually, I think that when I had all my hair, I remember making a promise to myself of if it ever happens again, I'm going to do it completely differently yeah. than I did it the first time. I'm going to do it openly. I'm going to show it and not be afraid of it or let it be a secret. When it happened again, I, I stuck to that. At first, it was very, very minimal through my sophomore, junior, and senior year of college. Very little quarter size spots here and there still with like very long, thick hair. I didn't really have to confront it very often other than if I like pulled my hair up in a ponytail. Right. But then I think in 2019, let's see, I graduated college in 2018, 2019 and 2020 things really, I mean, that was the, the great fall of 2020. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> Everything fell apart. And I did have a big allergic reaction in 2018. Yeah, I think that was really when... Who poisoned you with peanuts this time? (laughs) I know! Somebody like snuck it into something? (laughs) Could you imagine? Yeah, I mean, that's my worst nightmare. Yeah, right. um, But yeah, I think that's what happened again. And stuff started to fall out. And yeah, that's when I was like, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it on my Instagram. That was, you know, my main platform just with friends and family. We weren't on Facebook as often. It was just all Instagram when when Instagram started. And so... Here and there I would share things, but it wasn't until probably like 2021 when things were really bad and I couldn't hide from it anymore that I started to just like talk more openly about it on Instagram through my stories or just in posts here and there. Again, I still kept it on my personal Instagram. And so I was never like all in until a couple months ago, which was actually when a girl stopped me in a coffee shop because I had my hair, the side pulled back. Mm -hmm. And she came up to me and said, Do you have alopecia? And I said, Yeah. And she said, Me too. And she had a hat on. And she had long hair. She said, There's so many people with alopecia who shave their heads, or who are fully bald. She said, I've never seen somebody with alopecia who looks like me. And that was when I decided to really embrace the half bald thing. And I that was when I made my Instagram, the half bald and fully free, because It's true. I grew up also knowing about alopecia from women who were completely bald, whether they had um, totalis or universalis, or because they had shaved their head. And there was no one I've always thought of myself as kind of a ragamuffin, like, with the way that you know my hair is at different lengths and some of it's bald some of it's long and so nobody was a ragamuffin like me in the alopecia community right
1: we have we have another friend too her name's carly and she's just Mm -hmm. the same way she has her long hair and she has patches and uh Mm -hmm. she saves half of her head so she kind of has what your style is because i think one side of her head is shaved and then the other is long i think it's like here and she talks about all the time how she doesn't really see many people with long hair and bald spots so is that one of your I know you kind of answered this but is that one of your main motivations is for the half bald community that still have their bio
2: hair yeah just to be a face that you know looks like me and I've thought before like you know I'm a bald woman who uses shampoo and I'm like what if a shampoo commercial had somebody like me absolutely or Robin German when I saw her in the um wigged by Tiffany promotional picture yeah I saw her and I was like who is that like I need to know who that person is Her with her ponytail and just like the bald spot on top of her head and I was like that that looks like me and so Instagram really was what opened my eyes to the fact that there are other people that look like me but just not enough of us because there are tricks to hide it you know I can tease I can use hair powder And that's what I did for so long when I was young and I promised myself I wouldn't anymore. So now it's like, how do I show it? How do I showcase it? Even if it's not always what's comfortable for me, but just so that way other people don't feel like they have to hide theirs. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So do you have any funny or embarrassing <laughs> stories that you perhaps laugh at now <laughs> that were maybe traumatizing in the moment? I
2: honestly think the them. answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> she's
0: like, I'm not over them yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I've, um, you know, this is kind of my second go at it in terms of alopecia, because from my childhood, no, probably not. <laughs> I I do have to say, and this is just going to be a sad moment, but I was a sad child, like I really was, because of my alopecia. Yeah. I uh, it really affected my mental health, and so I feel like this is supposed to be a lighthearted question. And I'm over here <laughs> like, no, that's
1: okay. Everybody sad? has different answers to it. Like mm-hmm. literally, we have heard hilarious stories, and some people yeah. are like, "No, not really. I mean, everything's yeah. been pretty, pretty whatever."
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I can't I can't come up with anything. It's specific.
1: Hey, that's no uh, right. worries. So okay. our favorite question is what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone that's half bald in the community? And also I'm gonna tie into that, what is one thing that you want everyone to know in regards to your type of hair loss?
2: Okay, awesome. So I definitely would wanna share with other people that are like me who have half bald and half long hair, that that is a thing and it's okay. And if you rock it, a lot of people are gonna think it's a the haircut. They're gonna think yeah. that you've shaved the side of your head or a spot. A lot of people are gonna think that you're really edgy and cool, yes. <laughs> I've gotten that a lot. Sometimes I just feel like I should be in a punk rock band, even though like I dress super feminine and yeah. <laughs> and in light colors. But then I like, you know, if I wanted to just be super cool and alternative and punks, I could do that too. <laughs> and that like showing it off, there is fun in that. I think for so long, I was like, oh, I have to style my hair a certain way. Yeah. Because it's what everyone else does. It's not professional to go out looking like a ragamuffin. Yeah. But you know, I've said professionalism is something that you are, not something that you look like. And I agree, so if it's just are, like
0: when yeah. people say tattoos aren't professional, it's like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, this is art on my body. Absolutely. Like, how is that, and, how is and that, if any we were to have everyone
1: us? being the same, it would be the most boring world to live in. <laughs> right. Well, we've right. seen that. It's not so like. Boring. like
0: Plainville, or isn't there like a movie about that or something? Can oh, there know. is one movie. Oh, is it the oh. one with Jim Carrey? Is it Truman Show? No, that's where he's being no, watched. You're What's talking the about the one that's like, black
1: and white, and yeah. everybody has the same house and, and then, then it they turns add color. color. Yeah, I is, can't...
2: That, is that The Giver? No, it's no, but
1: that's a good movie. That, too. That's <laughs> a good
2: movie, too, because The Giver is when he can start seeing in color, everything's gray, and then, yeah. right, he starts seeing in
1: color. I don't know what movie she's talking about, too, but I cannot remember. But if someone were to be, like, regressing right now or possibly kind of at a loss, at their hair loss, what would you say to them? What kind of advice would you give to them when they were kind of going through that moment?
2: Well, it's so hard. I mean, it's just a difficult thing. And if you don't have people in your life that are telling you that it's difficult, it can be worse. If you have people in your life who are like, at least it's not cancer or, you know, at least you have a house over your head, whatever those I had a lot of those things thrown at me as a kid. Some of them were well meaning. I'm sure all of them were well meaning, but it hurts in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, what you're going through isn't hard. And so what I would say to somebody is what you're going through is hard, like been there done that I have a new spot on top of my head right now that I'm like, hmm, another one like, why?
1: Same. I have a new one, like literally right here on the top. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. come on.
2: <laughs> I know. Why? You're like, Why? Just Why? A whole yeah. another new one. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's hard. I, I think that acknowledging that what you're going through is hard is part of the freedom aspect. I chose to use the name half bald and fully free because I really do feel as though I found a sense of freedom from kind of the prison that alopecia put me in as a kid yeah like i've unlocked something and, and now i'm free and i think part of getting free from it is acknowledging that it's hard yeah and so starting powerful.
1: there yeah that's beautiful
2: yeah it, it's like if you're in a valley you can't get out of the valley unless you recognize you're in a valley exactly. <laughs> because otherwise like if you say well i'm actually on a mountain well then you're <laughs> just going to keep going down to get down for the mountain right rather than like accepting okay i'm in a valley i need to go up
1: yeah, yeah. how do i
2: work on going up absolutely
1: so that's yeah, incredible i that would be the
2: advice yeah. i'd give i
0: love that i'm
1: going do, to too. utilize that
0: in my life
1: <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> awesome the, like prison part of it like you yeah. know like i was in prison yeah. and so then i accepted this and i yep. made myself free Yep. Mm-hmm. you know like it, a it was, yeah so powerful yeah. yeah
2: and i was imprisoning myself too with yes. covering it and yeah. it was just like you know, put another layer on, put another layer, cover it, oh, that's shove like, it down further.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's like the 19 years I put a wig on, you know, it's just right. like, okay, I, I imprisoned myself. Like, mm-hmm. right. you couldn't be authentically me because yeah, you have this secret that you're trying right. to hide. Secret. So you can't yeah. Yeah. truly yeah. be yourself with people. They'll know.
1: I think it's interesting to oh, think too, insane. utilizing your wig as something to hide behind and now knowing that you have all the wigs and colors mm-hmm. and stuff and being able to use that in a completely different way to express yourself is so yeah. incredible because it's like it used to be my, my comfort, my security blanket. And now it's just a piece of my fashion.
0: It's an accessory. It's mm-hmm. an accessory now. Yeah.
1: Right. Which I think is super cool. Like even with other things like beanies and headbands, like it's an accessory now. It mm-hmm. used to be mm-hmm. a cover. It used to be like a like my own little a bubble. But, yeah. yeah. And now it's... Something else, so that's really cool. We mm-hmm. wanted to awesome. say thank you for thank being you. here. I'm gonna let Chris, you're amazing, out, but thank you. This we was loved so your advice. Yeah. Oh. yeah, awesome. <laughs> and we love that you're advocating for the half ball community. We know a lot of people in that part of their hair loss feel thank kind you. of alone, so it's cool to have yeah. avenues to send them to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thank Our you, guys. <laughs> Christmas lights were so expensive that they used to be rented rather than sold, and an electrically <laughs> lit tree was a status symbol in the early 1900s. No, isn't that weird? Mm. real bizarre i thought that was mm. so odd now it's just uh, i'm lazy and i'm not gonna go put lights on my because it's cold out now
2: so. <laughs> i'm like the more lights the better yeah i know that's I love a symbol, i'm taking it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yes. oh man
0: If you want to get a hold of us, email us at thosebaldchicks at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links to everything you need is in our direct me, which will be in the episode description. And until next time, guys, Bald Pack out.